Episode 2, Season 4 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. My name's Jav. Joining me this week, Bex from Portsmouth. Hola. And back on the pod, Jess Nicholl from Staines. Howdy. Right, um, we've got quite a lot to discuss on the podcast. Um, quite a few subjects, listeners' questions as usual. Um, but let's begin with today's game. Bex, Kyle who? Exactly. Take your 50 million and shove it up your ass because we already have a replacement, it would appear. Um, I think it was, if Newcastle hadn't been our first game, I'm not sure Walker Peters would have played there. But having said that, I think the lad did really, really well today. And um, whether the man of the match was deserved or not, I think Ericsson probably had a better game. But I think for his confidence, that would have done him the absolute world of good. Jess, it's always good to get to get the season off to, off to a good start, three points, and we haven't done that the past couple of seasons. I've recalled draw, <laughs> drawing last year at, at Goodison Park and um, losing to United the season before. Um, what did you make of today's performance? Yeah, I thought you know it was efficient, wasn't it? It wasn't spectacular. I mean, Newcastle made sure that they weren't going to leave any gaps in behind. They really packed midfield, but I thought. I thought we did what we had to do. I, I, you know, it was one of them. We, we've we've played, we've played okay. It's not been brilliant, but no, we, you know, the two goals we scored were actually excellent football. Really sharp, crisp passing, and we opened Newcastle up quite well. And uh, I, I don't think you can complain. The two 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 decent goals, a clean sheet, and yeah, like you say, uh, the draw last year where we we were pretty bad for seventy minutes at Everton but pretty good for the last 20. Today, Newcastle never, you know, they threatened us on the break to a degree, but we were always pretty solid and controlled it. And I think we had extra gears if we needed it, and mm. in the end, we didn't. Yeah, it was a solid workman-like performance. Um, one of the things that Last week, Pochettino said in a, in a press conference that he sort of hinted that he wouldn't play Carl Walker. That he, sorry, Freudian slip there. That he wouldn't play Carl mm-hmm. Walker, Walker Peters. Um, or he suggested that it was perhaps a little bit too soon. Um, he played today. Um, played very well. Um, was this man of the match deserved? Because I, I like Bex. I'm inclined to think Ericsson was the, probably our best player on the pitch. Yeah, I don't I think he had. A, I don't think he had a bad game per se. He didn't. There was a an issue quite early on. I think in the first half, where it looked like he could have given away a penalty, um, but the linesman had already flagged for offside, so that went away. It, he didn't do anything wrong necessarily, mm. but he wasn't spectacular necessarily. Uh, for me, I'd give him a seven out of ten, whereas Ericsson, I thought was was more an eight or a nine. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair comment. I think the, the, what, you know, Man of the Match Awards are all subjective, aren't they? They're, they're what a person's looking for on that day. And, uh, you know, I think Cobb Walker-Peters, like I said, it's his Premier League debut and he didn't put a foot wrong. And I think, you know, it's, that's why he got it. 
but Ericsson, Ericsson was was a joy to watch today. I mean, the the ball for Ali's goal, and that that goal was so simplistic but so beautiful all at the same time. If Ali tries to whack that ball, he might end up scuffing it. He just redirects it, you know, and the ball and the run, everything, the little fast little Harry's little decoy run, it's football as it should be played. But uh, Cole Walker-Peters, he, yeah, he did nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. So, oh, fair play with him. I don't, I don't begrudge him it, but uh, Eric, Ericsson's a very important player for us. And uh, today, I think it's nice to see him get a good start to the season rather than slow start that he had last mm. year. Did you see the actual presentation? Sorry, Jav. Did you see the presentation, Jesse? Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> so Carl Walker Peters is about looks about five foot yeah. two, standing yeah. next to Deli Ali. It was just they could have picked anybody but else how to cool have given him. Deli Ali in that interview, he's just so. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's so chilled out. I think that's the thing. There's a lot of personality in that squad, and it's yeah. Today Newcastle really targeted him and tried to get him to react and he didn't react and then the, the irony is uh, Shelby like an idiot why, what, what, what was the point of that I don't even want unless, if you're going to like do something to another player at least do something that might hurt them or but just to petulantly spiteful like, it's ridiculous it, but it's also quite cowardly isn't it as well he wants Ali to jump up and have a pop at him there that's what he's trying to get and stupidly the referee's right on top of it. I mean, the ref must be thinking, what are you doing? Even Alan Smith said it, much as I think Alan Smith should be dropped in a very deep hole. Um, he said <laughs> that, why would you, A, why would you do it so closely? And B, why are you trying to wind Deli Ali up? Well, yeah, When exactly. he's grown, it's another year on. And Ali showed at the end of last season, he has grown up that little bit. So why would it be any different now? Yeah. Yeah. Shelby I, I, was just he deserved shooting for that he did well I think Benitez may well I've not watched Sky Sports News this evening but you might find found, found behind Tiger Tiger or something with a paella <laughs> up his backside I don't know um, we had a question a little bit tongue in cheek but from John Steggles did Man City buy the wrong Carl Walker <laughs> uh, Carl, Carl, listen, let's get it right Carl Walker's the best right back in the in the Prem it, they've, they've bought they've bought He's not going to get any better than he has been. They have bought a ready-made right back. He does everything. He's got the physicality. He's got the pace. He does get a decent ball in. That you know they've paid. They've got what they've paid for basically, and and that's we've made a decision to sell him. We have to live with that. But I, you can't knock City. I think fair play to City. They've they've bought a very good right back there. I have no problem with City buying him. I have a problem with him going. Yeah, I think we all do, but. If, what can you do? You... It's a separate conversation. Yeah, it is. But it's happened, so we've got to move on. It's like, there was clearly a fallout because he's been sniping quite a lot, Walker, in the, like, you know, oh, nice to play with a smile on my face. I think he's been commenting all that. There's obviously a bit of a fallout between him and Pochettino. I think the, the proof of the pudding will be in the eating and see what we do in the next couple of weeks in terms of incomings. But I don't think Pochettino was sad to lose him at all. I no, think when I Trippier think so. went lame, when Trippier turned his ankle over in the uh, Juventus game, I think that may he may have been thinking, bollocks, this is making me look a bit silly now, but, all right, let's just get on with it. That, that reminds me, a few years ago, um, 
but Newcastle, almost 20 years ago, Newcastle sold Les Ferdinand to us. And then and Shearer Shira did it. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. I, th- I think D- Doug Leach at the time wanted us. Uh, the deal might not have gone through. I think it. it, off, it yeah, yeah, and they, they they tried to, but that's just that's just sub law. I think actually, yeah, Trippier's fortunately his injury injury isn't as bad as we first feared, so he should, should be back soon. And I think Carl Walker Peters will get games over the course of the course of the season. Yeah. And. and Personally, I hope we don't go in for a right back. I, I just, I'd like to. Cause I, I fear if we do get somebody in, then that might stifle his development. Um, yep. So it blocks his pathway, yeah. But I think if this this guy we've been linked with from um, Ajax, he's a centre half that can play at right back, mm-hmm. and I think that way it's a sort of best of both worlds. Yeah, he's an excellent young centre half. Obviously, you're not going to be the the finished article at twenty or twenty one, whatever he is. But he can play it right back as well, so I think that's that's a real sensible sort of signing. Someone that can fulfil a couple of roles, like Dyer. I mean, Dyer's, you know, every, people saying, "Oh, he's not the best this, he's not the best that," he, but he doesn't let you down wherever he plays. If he plays at right back, he don't let you down. Plays at centre half, he doesn't let you down. Today he misplaced a couple of passes, but ultimately every player misplaces passes, some more noticeably than others, but. Um, he doesn't let you down. No matter where he plays, he doesn't let you down. What Dyer did do well today was he got in with a few tackles and, and made a few interceptions. I thought, apart from Ericsson yeah. and Carl Walker-Peters, we mentioned, I thought Ben Davis, I thought Dyer had a good game. Um, but again, yeah. nobody had a bad game. No, 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 no absolutely no, no, of course not. No. There are a couple of standouts. I would have loved for Ericsson to have scored today because I think he really deserved the goal. Uh, but I wanted Harry to get that August yeah, <laughs> I am fussed about that. Not bothered about that at all. When he hit the post, he could not have hit that any sweeter. If he, in fact, if he'd have scuffed it, it'd have probably gone in. But he's got another couple of games. Yeah, oh, but he doesn't. He, he doesn't play like he, he doesn't care. Harry's one of these. He'll miss a chance, and he won't go. Oh God, that's it. No. Get another one. He'll just dust himself down. Right, next one, I'll put away. You know, I'm not phased by that. You know, somebody who I thought had a really good game, but he hasn't been mentioned um, in dispatches. Online, I've heard people say Carl Walker-Peters. Some people say Ericsson should have been man of the match. Um, he didn't have a spectacular game, but he had a very solid game, and that was Hugo Lloris. He didn't have to... If you look over the course of that, that game, he didn't yeah, have to... Yeah, he dealt with the Finiatsis, yeah. Exactly. And he, he did the simple yeah. things. He had to come out for a few crosses. He did all of that. His passing, um, back passes, that sort of thing, which we no, which he normally gets, or kick, kicking, which he normally gets um, criti- yeah. criticised for. It was fine. It was solid. And that's what I want from a goal, goal, goalkeeper. You don't necessarily need to make Hollywood saves. Um, he just oh. d- did the simple, and it was fairly solid. Um We've got the we've got the win. We'll talk about next week and Chelsea in a minute. Um, but before we do, let's look at events of the middle of the week. Um, Danny Rose, um, Bex, you had a bit of a rant last week about Carl Walker, so I'm not going to come to you straight away. Um, <laughs> Jess, what are your thoughts on Rose? The Rose interview, infamous interview. Okay, well, first of all, what he's actually said don't really have a problem with apart from a couple of silly things saying oh dollar sign players I have to google because that undermines your colleagues however just the way he went about it one going to the sun who I'm afraid you give you give the press especially the low level press like the sun the star the mirror I mean mirror not so bad but the star and the sun you give them an inch they take the piss um 
he ran yeah, he had a great interview from a media point of view. Really good interview for them. One, how how do you think? I mean, what as a player next day? How, how what really would like to question is like from Danny. How do you think your manager would feel? How how do you think if he picked up the paper the next day and he reads a five page spread on on a left back's view who hasn't played for seven months? If it was if it was Kane who had just got thirty goals in twenty nine games or whatever, and he was saying that, you think oh oh bugger. But to, for me, the whole timing of it, the fact that he's gone to shit shit rag like the sun as well, um, that leaves a very a you know, bit of a bitter pill. But however, I don't think it was terminal what he did. I think he had to come in. I think the manager would have said, Danny, what on earth are you thinking about? Because the knock-on effect carries on. Now now the press, like the next day, they said he received a round of applause. He didn't. That is absolute fabricated bollocks. And that's because that David kid, he got his scoop, brilliant scoop, fair play, but he didn't want to leave it there. He wanted to milk it for an extra little bit. Thankfully, Danny's come out. If, whether he's been lent on or not, it's irrelevant. You know, PR is a game anyway. So, yeah, sometimes players have got to think about us guys as well as, you know, what's around them. Because if we all get fed up and football goes chaotic and players just decide where they want to go and when they want to go, the fans won't put up with it. And when the fans walk away, the TV will soon walk away pretty short after. And the money's gone. So they've got to be sensible too. Okay, so w- what was he playing at? Was he seeking a move away? Was he trying to well, get a, be- be- a better deal, perhaps? Um, whatever his motives, I think the timing of it sucks. But then the other thing that occurred to me was, when did he give that interview? Because I've got a feeling it might have been some time back. And the sun no, it, and, and, was, the sun, and the sun cho- chose to publish no, it. No, it's confirmed. No. It was done on a Tuesday. Right. Okay. And it was it was published on a Wednesday. Joe, Joe, you know I actually don't think he's he's actually thought through the. Mo- I think his motive is frustration. When you're a footballer, you want to play football. He hasn't played football since January, and I think he's you know he's probably seen what Carl Walker's earning, so that's pissed him off a bit. But I think ultimately, I think it's actually not playing because one of the lines that that really stands out for me is he says, you know, I'm, I'm not paid my worth. And then the, the second sentence is, I know I need a good season this season to get that contract. So he's fully aware that right here, right now, there is no pay rise on the table. It, it, there's, and he doesn't deserve one. I think he's out, born out of frustration. Like I say, I don't think he's fought this through properly. Because if you wanted to move, just go, Go to the club and say, look, I'm out of here. I'll see you later. And and that's not what we'll hear. It'll all be dressed up some way. But he'll get his move. Spurs will get the money. And that'd be it. I, I, I don't think this is a to engineer a move. I think this is purely born out of frustration. And uh, well, we'll see how it plays out over the next couple of weeks. But that's that's my... From reading, reading it and going into it and, and sort of then reading it again and having other looks at snippets, yeah... I just think this is it's one frustrated lad. He's seen the money that's, that you can earn, but he's also thinking, oh, it's driving me up. All footballers get, go mad if they don't play. They need to play. And 
I think it's born out of frustration, uh, but we'll see. Uh, I agree. Uh, b- before I give you my two pennies worth, Bex, you 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 had a, you you read the right act last week to to Kyle Walker. Um, surely th- this situation is worse in so far as Kyle never came out to the press and in the way that Danny Rose has, has done. So how, how do you feel about this particular situation? I think situation? it's absolutely fucking despicable from a player who wasn't an international when he came to Spurs. He was in fact googled what does he really expect did he come to spurs and they promised him the earth and then they haven't delivered on that no he came to a club with a well-known pay structure internally within the club he was always going to be bound by those rules and regulations i agree with jesse i think he's probably frustrated but i couldn't give a fat rat's ass if he thought he was getting shit off the fans beforehand imagine how much better it's going to be for him when he comes back he can go. He can take his sorry ass and fuck off. His fine is five, four years' salary for me. Go away. You've got no idea how any of your money relates to the real world. Your two-week salary. Seriously? Go he and didn't get fined, by the way. Uh, all right, then. The, he didn't the get fined. fine of £130,000, Jesse, which is an oh, unbelievable it, amount. It's, it's mad. It's mad. So they, oh. not, they all need to fucking realise how everybody else lives. The people that are paying to watch them, the people that are paying either be yep. it through TV or actually go to the grounds, yep. the people that are buying the shirts, the guys that are singing their names, they are not on that kind of money. Nothing uh, like it. So take your sorry ass and just uh, fuck off out of my club. I don't care where he's going. Here. Just go. I think... I have uh, no time for any of them. Okay, no, I, I think there'll be many Spurs fans feeling the way that you feel about it, Bex, about, about the situation. I'm, I'm inclined to think that he was ill-advised and, and stupid to make those comments. What, it's what, what, what really stupid what and I, very immature from a player who should know better. What I would say is that Maurizio Pochettino's response afterwards was quite measured. I mean, I know, again, we said it's it before. We, 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 yeah, it's class. We've come to expect that from him. But, you know, the way that he sort of... He, on the one hand, he was empathetic, you know, saying that, look, I was a player once. And, yep. and yep. you know, he's he spent a lot of time on the sidelines and he's frustrated. And, look, he's apologised, which he did. Um, it might have been forced upon him, but he's, he's apologised. And we've dealt with it. It's a private matter. End off. I think the fact that he's injured gives... Both parties, both Danny Rose and the club, a bit of a reprieve and a bit of a breathing window. Breathing window, because no, no one's going to buy an injured player. So if he, if he did want to go, no one's going to buy him. So I think, uh, especially with the type of injury he's had, they, yeah. whoever's going to buy him, they're going to have to spend a lot of money on him. They're going to want to make sure that he can play again, and that's and the proof of that pudding, I'm afraid, is not until January. He's going to need three or four months, not well, one game, not two game. Look at Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw has never I'd really... I'd rather not. <laughs> well, I'm talking as a... a <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. A, a, an instance rather than actual... Uh, no, but, know. You know, but that sort of ACL injury, I think he had an ACL, did he have an MCL? Anyway, basically he's had a, a medial ligament injury and he will have to play again to prove his, mm. his, how he recovers from that. Not because he might be fully fit and he might not be the same player. And that, that is the reality. And not just for us. Sorry, not just for if he, if he was engineering a move any uh, 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 somewhere else. Not just in that respect, but also for us. He's got to prove himself to to, 
to, to ask us, for example, if he wants a yeah. better, better, better contract at the moment, he's he, what he got a new contract last year. Um, he was yes, playing, play, he, he was superb up until January. Then he yes. gets injured. He's not given us anything back. I know you might argue that's not his fault. That's odd law that he's injured, but he that's the facts are he's been injured, so we haven't got anything for our, yep. for our return. So he's got to come back in the team, he's got to get his fitness, get his match fitness, he's got to fight his place. In, into that, yeah, because Ben Davis is, pl- is playing out, out, of, out of his skin. Um, yeah, yes. Maybe, may, maybe with the passage of time, things will calm down, and you know, hopefully. Football fans have long memories, though. Nobody's going to forgive him that easy. Because the thing that what you have to counteract what he said was, you've always got that goal, which he will. It doesn't matter what happens; he will always yeah, be fondly remembered that. for that goal, and yeah. rightly so. And for what he's done for the team thus far. However, he's got a battle because this has taken a big chunk of that goodwill away. And if you think about the way the fans were singing his name last season. Yeah. And we were quite a lot. And he's lost all of that. I suspect he's got to fuck off Great Big Mountain to climb before he gets any goodwill from the fans. He, and that's going to be the hardest part of this. I don't think being the football, I don't think that's going to be the he, most He does, but, 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 but there's a difference between this, for example, and the Andres Townsend situation. Again, it goes back to the fact that one of them is injured, one of them is not. And I think if, if, he was, if, if Rose was fully fit, Pochettino could just drop him and just put him yeah. on the si- sidelines. At the moment, he's injured. So by very definition, he's got to get back into the team. He's got to work his... You know, get back into that team, and then either he will fit into Pochettino's long-term plans, or we will sell him on uh, as a viable viable asset. But I think time time is a great healer. But I agree, maybe the fans might be less forgiving. But for me, it's really what I think it will depend on how he comes back. If he comes back and he's you know on good form and he's flying, I mean, he's not just going to walk back into that side either. You know, Ben Davies, like I say. When he first came in January, Feb, he was a bit shaky. But from now on in, he's really grabbed that by the, the throat and he's he's improved week on week. I mean, today, you know, that run he made for the goal, and it's a, it's a very nice little right-footed finish as well. So I think that the, the fact that he has probably got, in two weeks' time, the window shuts, or a bit over two weeks' time, if he's still at the club, then... We have to work with him, and he has to prove that he's still wants to play for Spurs. I don't think we can say here and now and definitively what's going to happen. I think you make a very good point about that. There's a little bit of a couple of weeks where every the dust can settle, and uh, but but Bex is also right. Fans, if he has if he has a nightmare of a game, the fans will be all over him. Yeah, yeah, and then he'll blame the fans when actually. It's a two-way thing. But, yeah, it, of course it is. Yeah, it is. Okay, let, let's move it on from um at, from yeah, Dan, I don't need rage. Danny Rose, because it is a it, it <laughs> is Rose. Danny Rose is a prickly issue. Um, let's look at Chelsea next week. So um, we had a few <laughs> questions, John. No, hang on, hang on. Before we go to Chelsea next week, let's look, have a look at how Chelsea did yesterday. <laughs> Indeed, um, John Phillips says, "How how long did you how, how long did you laugh at the Chavsky result?" <laughs> right up until next week. Oh, funny as fuck! Seriously, and they're falling apart. It's not just the fact that they got beat; it's the fact that they had two players sent off as well. So they're bickering amongst themselves. 
So we've got Cahill out and Fabregas both out next week. Yeah. Pedro doubtful, Hazard doubtful. And the lads, the French lad they've signed, who plays for central midfield, his name Bakayoko. I can't... Yeah. That's the one. They don't trust Morata. They don't trust Batshui. Well, they will trust Morata because he got two yesterday. Did he get two? I thought he got one. Did he get two? Definitely one. I thought he got the other as well. I don't know. I'd... Maybe not. I didn't pay that much attention, in truth. No. Okay. Just... So, the, the, um, there's a saying in football, I think Alex Ferguson once said it, maybe it was somebody else, the danger of playing a wounded beast. Um, that John Steggall says, will we get a backlash next weekend? And Sam Moore, will Conte have ripped his weave out by the time we play them? Uh, uh, no, do you know what? I don't think Conte will. I thought Con- I think Conte is probably more peed off about the politics at Chelsea. Chelsea are a heavily political club. They don't, they don't seem to transcend from one season into another smoothly. I mean, their success is ridiculous. I mean, they've, they've won everything, but they still just always come up. You know, they're, they're like the paradox of us. You know, we, we seem to find all this sort of trouble without winning anything. They seem to win everything and still like have this political mess in the background. They're, they're a nightmare. They, it, I don't think... Uh, backlash. Chelsea are not going to turn up next Sunday and just roll over and die. They're not. It's going to be a tough game and we're going to have to be on it and we're going to have to probably be 5 or 10% better than we were today, a little bit sharper. But I think the game's eminently winnable. Mm. Eminently winnable. And I ex- I fully expect us to... Well, I'm 2-0. Here you go. 2-0 again. Two weeks running. I'll have some of that. I'll, 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 I'm going to predict exactly, exactly the same. 2-0. Bex? So, I don't... It's not a backlash. It's just Chelsea playing like they should do. Really. It, we've got to play... It doesn't matter how they play. We've still got to play them. We either play... We play them now and we will play them later in the season. It's the way it goes. So, whether they decide they're going to turn up and all be nice and friendly with each other or whether they're still going to be potentially down on their top players because two of them got sent off and are suspended... Um, then it doesn't matter. We've got no option. We've got to play them. So suck wouldn't, it up. It we will be smarter lovely. next week. We will be if better next week. Wouldn't it be great though if their players next week just don't turn up? Because they're, the one thing we've got in our favour, and, and people can like, say oh, we don't pay the players this or that, the players we've got predominantly want to be there. They want to be there. And you can see that in the spirit. Chelsea players... They want to be. They want there for the money. Paid ridiculous though. Yeah. Batshuayi, for instance, yeah. hundred million for a guy that's done nothing. Yeah, William, whatever he's on. Costa, Costa don't give a monkey's. They're paying him whatever. He's probably sat on the beach. He don't. He, there is no John Terry. Hate him. Whatever. John Terry wore the Chelsea armband. Captain. He loved that club. And and fair play to him. Don't particularly like him don't particularly like Chelsea however I respect the fact that he was Chelsea through and through there is not a single player there that if there wasn't something better on the horizon they would drop it in instantly that club is built on sand and it's, it happens to be a sand of petrodollars but it's still sand um, just on I think player for player pound for pound irrespective of, of the injuries and suspensions they have I, I, I firmly believe we've got a better team. If you take out Rose and Lamella, who are long-term absentees, we've pretty much got everybody back. I'm not sure if Trippier will be back next weekend. It's possible. Not. It's possible. Because they I said think... two weeks, didn't they? Well, I think with the injuries got, well, that will be two weeks. That'll be two weeks in a day since yeah. he's done it. 
yeah. I think that sort of injury would I mean like cloddoppers like me I'd, I'd be out of play again within two weeks He'd, he'll have all sorts of technology going into it I reckon seven to ten days I wouldn't be surprised if he's back in training with a, a group Wednesday, Thursday and then he'll be eligible to play on Sunday but we'll see Poch has done it before it's headology isn't it he'll give a much yeah. elevated date for a return and then yeah. bring the player back in advance and it works well for him I think when you the thing, the thing, sorry go on no, yeah. go, go for it well, no, I was going to say the thing. The thing is, um, they injured players train. They still have to train. They still have to keep their level of fitness up. Obviously, that's all within reason. Like if they've got a broken leg, they're not going to be doing a lot. But as soon as you know that they're back with a group, that doesn't mean that that's their back fit. Then that means they're actually ready to compete on the training ground because the way he he his. Uh, Bonus, his MO basically is once you get back on that training field, you're ready to go. You're ready to go. And you have to, what you do then on the training field in the group, that's what you get judged on on whether you can be selected or not. It's so, it's a little bit, you know, we, we think, oh, is a player fit? They may be fit beforehand, but they're just not ready to get involved with a group. Because Sun's not kicked a ball for ages. Yeah, yeah, he come on the pitch today. Yeah, it's quiet, but you know he was ready to come on the pitch again. So, but yeah, I, I, I thought Sun looked sharp. I think it was good to see Wanyama off, 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 off the bench, and I think I think Wanyama will start. And, and I think, like I said, aside from um, Lamella and Rose, assuming Trippier does play, then we've got um, a very strong team. And I think player for player, pound for pound. We're, we're, we're better um, and as long as Poch you know for example doesn't experiment like he did in, in the semi-final and, and play Sun, Sun as a wing he back won't. which he won't I think we'll be fine I think it's a different occasion it's our first league match and I think we'll, we'll come out firing um, right we've got lots of questions to go through before we do that Bex what's happening in the world of Spurs ladies so um, very quickly because it's on my iPad and I made sure that I didn't lose it um, Spurs ladies don't start their um season per se until the 24th of September and they go up to Durham which is somewhere up north I, I believe I don't get it past the London yeah. yeah well apparently I, I've probably been there in fact I have what, been what there but I still can't find it on a fucking map they are in the uh, Women's Super League 2 yeah because they got promoted didn't they yes and then their first home match isn't until the 1st of October and that's against Aston Villa so um, that's all fun so what else has been going on so today they play they uh, yeah today they played the FA Women's Premier League Charity Trophy which against a, a bunch of ex England All-Stars and that's in support of the Bobby Moore Fund for Cancer Research UK so that's a nice thing for the ladies to do it looked like it was a really good fun day out and new signing Lauren Pickett got a hat trick which is always nice and that well, where was that played 3-1 win um Boreham Wood I think okay wasn't it Chesham? Um, right. So that was all really good fun. And it's good to see that a new signing getting a hat trick. That's always very welcome. Manager Karen Hills came on for a bit of a run around. She wasn't on the team sheet. She just clearly, it was that much of a relaxed session that she thought that she could. So Karen Hills yeah, was on yeah, the play, pitch yeah, playing yeah. for a little while, which I thought was really entertaining and very nicely done of hers. And that indicates how much of a relaxed situation it was today. Excellent. So that's pretty much it. Right, let's finish off with some questions. Um, Chris Cowell, who so far 
that hasn't been a starting eleven regular would be able to change a game, making it making an impact from the bench or steady the ship when we need to see out a game. Edwards, possibly. Um, what we going deeper down? I mean, I mean, Harry Weeks has been trusted to come in for when you uh, come in for Dembele and sort of steady the ship uh, to win a game. Where's Sun now? Sun is. I think Sun's. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think Sun's. A, yeah, he's a. I'd, was he I, first? I, I'd, I'd say he's a first team regular, really. Yeah, I, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I think so. I suppose. No, I'm guessing it's something that this season. Well, a the fact that the transfer window hasn't finished, so God only knows what's going on there. But we won't know until we find out what Poch's starting eleven is without Walker. Hmm. Possibly somebody like Nkundu, who, who seemed to yeah. do well during the pre-season. But, uh... Yeah, he looked sharp, actually, against in, over in America and, and has got an untimely injury. Yeah, Edwards, we, you know, he's still... I mean, he's a year younger than Carl Walker-Peters, for instance. So, uh... Yeah, but Carl Walker-Peters think... played in the under-20s World Cup. Yeah, he did, yep. And, and so and... that experience for him... I think will really do him some good this season. It absolutely will. Yes, it absolutely will. Well, maybe even Janssen. I cast my mind back to the game against <laughs> um, Swansea away last season, um, where he came yeah. on, gave us a different dimension, um, holds the ball up well. Um, hopefully, he'll chip in with with a few goals this season. We yeah. shall see. Um, he, ma- he looks strict as well. He looks. He looks like. Like today, there's no need to bring him on. We're just tuning up, and really, we need to get Wanyama playing again because he's been out for a while. Um, Son was quite important to give give him game time, but there there is no doubting. Of, we haven't got the deepest squad. I think we've got a brilliant 15, 16 players. Beyond that, we're light, but you know we're still 20 days to the, the transfer window shut. So, but also we have a really good medical team, and if you look at uh, Rose aside, look at and Kane was out and for a little while last season, but we don't have the same problems with injuries that Arsenal do, for example, where they have players out for an entire season at a time. That, be it lucky or be it the medical staff or whatever, we have been quite lucky, I think, with our first with our regulars. They do generally play game in, game out. We've, we've been a bit unlucky with Lamella and Rose that their injuries uh, are more complex. Think, yeah, but, yeah, but you can't you can't legislate for those. Are, they are the exception no. rather than the rule. They are absolutely. So on that on that squad, question from David Fornell: Is the twenty-one man first team squad enough? Our main rivals have about fifty percent larger yep. squads. Yeah. Well, well, I I think that brings new that. See, if you've got say so fifty percent of twenty-one, so you're talking a thirty-man squad. For me, that's too many because you're going to have a lot of unhappy players, a lot of players that aren't going to play very often. A lot of players that are in and out, in and out. You can't get your best form if you're constantly chopped. I think the beauty of what we've done and Pochettino's done, he's had probably 17, 18 hardcore squad and they've they've played a lot of games and then we've given Onomar a game here and there and we've and Kudu's in and out. So we've had two or three on the periphery and the rest have sort of been played quite heavily. 30 is too many. I think that's too many. It causes too many off. That causes more problems than a light squad. So, 
and and also with those really large squads, do you think of Chelsea? W- w- when do the youngsters ever get a chance? They don't. No, they, they don't. They get loaned do out. Chelsea, Chelsea, how many have Chelsea got out of loan on at the moment? Ninety-seven thousand. Oh, at the last count, more than that. More than that. It's they literally use their academy as like a funding. Yeah, but they don't do anything situation. with it, do they? Well, no, they make money out of it. That's all they do. They like yeah. sell Chalabar to Watford for seven million. They've lost Solanke. They'll get whatever off the tribunal. Uh, right, Tam- okay, Tammy so... Abrahams should be in that Chelsea squad. Right, so they're selling these players, but they're not recouping the money that they've A, spent training them, and B, any money they do make off oh, them is instantly swallowed up by the stupid fucking wages they're paying their existing yeah. players that they've brought in. Willian, Bashui, yeah. Murata, Bakayoko, all of that. So they're just paying out a fortune. So it does, it's not... I don't understand how it, they're making any money. No. No, no, that's... that's... If no, only there was something like financial economic, fair play. It will course. be something to do with that, trying to keep the wage bill down, so loan out all these players. They've got a centre-half, I think it's Eric Christian, or something similar to that, who is a really good centre-half. How on earth he's not at, in the Chelsea squad, I don't know. But, but like I say, Chelsea's just a madhouse. It's an absolute madhouse. Yeah, they still win things, so... I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said we've got about 15 or 16 and I, I was actually going through this um, a few weeks ago and I was just looking through our squad and who so I, took the, the, I don't know the strongest 11 and then players that would be pushing for that 11 or, or would have a strong case so maybe for example if you had your strongest 11 let's say Lamella would just for the sake of argument let's say Lamella gets in and then that might be at the expense of Son but Son arguably would now has established himself as as, as 11 so I, I for example put him down as 12 13 14 and then I, I got to about 15 or 16 excluding Vorm uh, taking all our outfield players yeah I, I derived the same number as well and then it starts to look, look a bit weaker when I considered at the time I don't know Janssen or Sissoko or some of the younger unproven players but who knows some of those players Janssen might might um, come really good this season now and and Transfer window still isn't over, so hopefully we'll bring a few additions. Um, Craig, Craig, Miss, ugh, Craig, McKissick, Mc, who I saw today, by the way, um, Bex, and um, he listened to the last pod and he was quite um, impressed with your rant about Carl Walker. <laughs> anyway, um, Craig, because an angry woman, <laughs> Craig, yeah, a really fucking angry. I'm still angry about him. Never mind Danny Rose. So Craig says when Poch took over we were told it was the start of a rebuilding process both on and off the park do you agree that finishing third and second so early into that into the rebuilding process has actually put more pressure on the chairman manager and players at a time where we should be more focused on 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 the rebuilding and not distract distracted by challenging for titles nope i don't think that's the case at all i I don't think I don't think that level of pressure is there. Where is the pressure coming from? Do you think it's coming from the players themselves to play better, to win and achieve? In that case, that's something that every player should be playing with every day. That should be a prerequisite, absolutely. Yeah. And it's not coming from the fans necessarily. Everybody would like to see us do well, but I don't think I don't think last season there was any pressure from the fans necessarily for them to push on and win the league. We just wanted them to play well. 
I think that that rebuilding process is, is certainly on track, both in terms of everything off the pitch that we see with the new stadium and the academy, uh, the, the training training facility at Hotspur Way, which predates Pochettino, um, and obviously everything on the pitch in terms of you know we're now regularly finishing in the top four. The fact that we've gone that step further and we're a bit ahead of the game is only a good thing, and I don't I don't see those challenges for titles which i consider them serious challenges for titles i know that a lot of people in the media don't ever take us as seriously as as they should but i don't care um that's that's a good thing i think the the fact that we are i I don't i yeah i don't think there's distractions in any way shape or form um question from neil john does calling chelsea rent boys perpetuate negativity towards homosexuality very interesting question there. I think so. I have an issue with this because uh, I know it's commonplace um, when we play Chelsea or sometimes when we're about to play Chelsea for our sat- fans to sing um, Chelsea Rent Boys, we're coming for you. But every time they do that, I just replace it with the word racist. And I think that's more apt. I, I, I honestly think it's more um, apt and less offensive and... And uh, more accurate, more accurate, <laughs> exactly. Cool. And and the uh, the term rent boys that's got negative connotations, even if which clearly it has. Um, I don't understand where it comes from, which might just be my ignorance because I don't live in London. But I don't understand why that term, in particular, is used. Does that have anything to do with the fact that they've got a Russian owner and? Or their history, or the fact they were renting out. I don't know. Um, they didn't own Stamford Bridge. To, I don't know. I, I don't actually. The the homosexual bit doesn't spring to mind. I think yeah, the the use of rent boys and all the rest of it is is quite unsavoury. But what you know, I agree with both what you're saying here. It it there there should be. A better way and a more succinct way of doing it. However, what what I really don't want to happen is that football gets sanitised to the degree where we can't have. You know, there are things that go beyond the power, and, and this is quite possibly one of them. But I think we've got to be really careful with with. Do we want? You know, some of the banter at football is brilliant, and some of it is quite brutal as well. Um, so it, it's a difficult one. It, but there's a line, Jess. There's always there a line. Absolutely is. Do you know what? And, and you're right. And I remember being at White Hart Lane. I don't know what year it was, but everyone's singing um, uh, Sit Down, You Paedophile to Arsene Wenger. And I actually... <laughs> yeah. Which is funny, laugh. but wrong. And, and rightly so. Wrong. But you know what? I actually sat. I actually thought, you know what? I, I can't sing that. I, I just think this is... You know, you're accusing a guy. You know, it's one of the most surreal sort of times. In the middle of a North London derby to have the clarity of thought to think no, that's too serious an accusation to throw out somebody and I suppose the Chelsea Red Boys thing is on a similar line it, no yeah, it's, it's, it it's completely unacce- unacceptable however sorry just 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 to cut you short you, you just re- reminded me of something so today um, this is really immature of me but today at the um, at the Newcastle game there was a, a song a chant which I'd never heard before um, and it went something along the lines of well, it went exactly like this. Who's that man from Argentina? Who's that man behind the door? Pochettino is his name. He's the king of White Hart Lane, and Wenger's, Wenger's boyfriend is nearly four. 
Jesus Christ. How do you not think that bit? You don't. You don't. It doesn't scan if you don't put that in, though. I think sometimes you have to take the, you know, the moronic... It's <laughs> funny as fuck, though. <laughs> and Chelsea Red Boys, it's just, it's not, it's, no one really means anything, but, you know, it's just one of them things. But Yeah, but I think yeah. if you leave it in, then it it has, there is a message behind it. There quite possibly is, but I don't think whoever sung that first of all was <laughs> bright enough to just really think of the sort of consequences of that chance. I don't know. I, I just Football think is the most homophobic sport, though. Yeah, well, now, now, homophobia is a different thing altogether, and if this doesn't help it, then you have to move on mm. again. You know, Let- no one should come to a football match and be offended. Unfortunately, you will be offended. It's the way it is, and, and that's not right, but it, it is a reality, and, and that doesn't mean we don't do anything about it, by the way. That doesn't mean we just accept everything. We, we accept Chelsea doing the hissing, you know, mimicking the um, Holocaust and stuff like that. We don't, we don't accept that. We don't accept racism, and, and that's right, and now we should move on to homophobia, and I think we've all got to be guarded against that, and I think we're probably all still guilty of that, because I, I do it. I, I'm watching me mates play football. Like, get up, you big girl. That, oh, oh, yeah. that's not acceptable. Well, it's not, is it really? So no, it's fucking not. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I'm saying. And you, and there's no thought process that goes into that saying. No, because it's something that you've been saying forever, and it's just exactly. one of those things you grow up with. Yeah. I understand. One, it's just things, and and we've we've managed, you know, over the years as as football's done really well to tackle a lot of issues and I think we're now onto homophobia and I've, until we get footballers or whoever coming up see now let's go back to the ladies game there is no stigma attached to any of the lesbians that are playing the ladies game it's except no, no one's bothered by it no one gives a monkey's whatever no one cares because there's no so, reason to care actually but I, I think if a guy comes out, top level footballer comes out and says, "Guys, I'm gay." Yes, there will be an instance of all oh, your poof, bloody blah, blah blah, and then everyone will go, "All right, well, let's move on. Let's go back to the it, it, I think it will over time. It, that, that that situation will change. It's not going to happen o- overnight, but I think it, I think it will change. Just for the record, though, calling Wenger a paedophile or um, saying his mother is Myra Hindley or his son is Adam Johnson or his dad is Jimmy Savile um, uh, uh, um, it's probably not appropriate but um, it's way beyond now yeah it is I, I, I find it funny though but anyway it's a brutal arena and, and there's a lot of stuff that's wrong and some you know people have got to be intelligent enough to see it for what it is and, and thankfully, the three of us are. There's a lot out there that aren't. Yeah, yeah. but those chants, Chav, they are quite clearly not true. They are patently untrue. So that is... That is but it's still, very, again, very funny. But it's that's where the humour is. That's why people will sing those songs. And there's less harm, I think, in that because it's so obviously... Not true. Just a song. Yeah. But do you not think that actually, in the current climate where we've we've had a lot of paedophilia, 
in grassroots coaches and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, absolutely. It makes it even like actually makes it worse in a while because it's actually quite raw. I, I, I tell you that, okay so the, the, how I differentiate we need to move on but the, the way I differentiate <laughs> it is um, so if you've got if you've topical if, humour if you're calling Wenger something derogatory um, it's not true obviously but it's, it's just a derogatory remark about paedophiles who are sick people and whatever but if you say for example Wenger's got Madeline which I've heard um, that's clearly yeah. not acceptable because that's about a real person um, but anyway that's how I reconcile it in my mind. Um, let's move it on. Um, another question from Craig McKissock. Do you agree it's unacceptable for fans using the Walker and Rose debacles to fuel their anti-Levy agendas? Any fan that does that is a fuckwit and deserves to be shot at dawn, quite frankly. Or, you know, because what what is the issue with Daniel Levy? What has he done wrong now? Has he done anything wrong no. Has he not spent a small fortune on getting in, you know, because we've done this before, going out to Europe, buying as many players as he can for the money he's got available, only to watch the majority of them sink and fail? Is that his fault? Is that his crime at the moment? I don't think the guy's actually done anything wrong. I pretty much I agree. Agree, agree with what you said there. Nothing really to add. I agree, Bex. I think people are barking up the wrong tree. You cannot... As a head of an organisation, you cannot be responsible for the thoughts and what players want. But also, with Walker, this is not necessarily about anything that is at boardroom level anyway. This is at playing level. There's yeah. a disagreement between his manager, his direct boss, and him. The Rose thing's different, and I can see people need to explain what their ranks are. Everyone thinks that... Tottenham's going to implode because we haven't got players on 200 grand a week. Well, what I'd say to those people is, have a look at Liverpool. Liverpool's wage bill two years ago was 207 million. Our turnover was 180 <laughs> million. Their wage bill was 27 million more than what we turn over. They've finished above us once in seven, eight years. It's not all... I know I do get the correlation between success and money. And there is, a, there is a direct correlation. But it's also spending your money wisely. You know, we are going to have to pay players big, big bucks. We're going to have to do it. But you don't, you can't, in the position where we are, where we have a finite amount of resource, you can't just go around and say, oh, oh Toby, here's 200 grand. Oh, oh, Jan, here's 200 grand. Because all of a sudden, you've got wage bill, which we can't sustain. And then we will have an implosion. So no, you can't. The, the Rose and Walker, they're they're full one. They're fullbacks. Fullbacks are very well. They're they're more replaceable than most. You couldn't replace Harry, for instance. I, I'll say actually, Rose and Walker are the tenth and eleventh most valuable players in the eleventh. So they are the least valuable players. That's what the way you play, I suppose, and the, and the fact they've been so bloody brilliant will make possibly make that claim less able to substantiate but I think that you I think who would you rather lose Walker Rose right or Toby or Jan or 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 Ali or Kane or Son and and that's my point I'm not saying they're bad players because they're not they're brilliant players they're the best in their in their kind in the league Um, it's football footballers are going to go for more I mean look who would have thought Neymar would walk away from 
Barcelona, the biggest club in the world, to uh, into a nothing league like the French league, into a club that is equally as Legoland as Chelsea. I think the, the, in terms of the people who've got anti-Levy agendas, they'll always have that. They'll always find that. And they'll always yeah. find some some excuse. Um, okay, final three questions. Um, let's go through these really quickly. Uh, Sam Moore, what does the future hold for Josh Onoma? Let's see how he goes at Villa. I hope he does really well. Because there's nothing about him that makes me think he's a rubbish player. I don't want him back. Um it's a bit bizarre, the fact that he's been loaned out because it's not something Potch has done. It was a big thing for Redknapp to do. So it's a bit of a departure change for, for Potch. But, you know, we'll see. In so far as Potch... Bexley spawn. Yeah. In, in, it's the leap of faith. It, in so far, just to explain, in so far as Pochettino players that he tend, tended to loan out, they tended to get them get m- moves on as opposed to somebody like say Harry Kane who was loaned out to Millwall and Leicester and various other places to get game time and then, oh, he, then he got but not in the Poch era yeah yeah that was under Redknapp and previous regimes yeah but not Sherwood because Sherwood bought he made Kane yeah. <laughs> give him his well he, yeah he, he has brandy on his frosties in the morning doesn't he Tim Sherwood <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> Up at the bottom, are, it's now you know we've we've not seen the best of Onoma outside of his peer group. In his peer group, like in the Under Twenties World Cup, he's excellent. He's a really really good player. He's not yet done it outside of that level of football. He's not done it for Spurs, and that might be because positionally we don't play him in his best position. Um, it might be nerves. It might be he's not quite ready. So I think actually Aston Villa, they're a big club. They're not a Mickey Mouse club, they're a big club. The championship is a challenging and competitive league. It's a good league. The standard isn't the Premier League, mm-hmm. but the standard is it's good. If you can do it in the in the championship, there is no reason why you can't do it in the Premier League. Absolutely. Conversely, there's no reason why you will do it in the Premier League, but there's no reason why you won't. So yeah. I think it's a good movement. And the fact that he signed Another extension means that I think that this is actually to develop him rather than to jettison him. It didn't do Beckham any harm when he was loaned out to Preston all those years ago. Um, well, it'll be interesting if I, I know he's he's loaned out for a year, but I don't know if there's an option to bring him back. It'd be nice if I don't know he has. There won't be. That's a shame. Not even. Not even mitigating circumstances. So, for example, if we had an injury crisis and we needed yeah. needed to. No. Mm. The only way we're getting back and Villa would still have to pay his wages is if he actually got injured and was unable to play and we wanted to treat him. He wouldn't be able to play for us. He's basically now an Aston Villa player until the 1st of June next year. Fair enough. That's the way a, year, a year's loan works. Okay. Right, uh, final two questions. Ed Brad, who do you think the three to four signings we are chasing are? Well, one of them is the ladder Ajax, supposedly. Davison Sanchez. Yep. Um, who looks? He looks really fast on YouTube. That's all I've said about him. <laughs> yeah, because Kirikes looked good on YouTube. Yep. Yeah. Which he, what is his Kirikes is a drunken sailor or Kirikes <laughs> playing football? <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really like this guy. I mean, I've, I've only seen him play in four in one game. Didn't know who he was, but actually both of their centre halves looked exceptional. And he actually looked like he could not only had the physicality, 
but he actually looked like he could read the game because United were so physically stronger than Ajax. Him and the guy that he played with, it might have been Veltman, I, I don't remember the other guy's name, but those two guys, they, they actually looked the class above. I weren't impressed with Klassen and a few of the other guys at um, Ajax, but those two, the centre-halves, looked really good. So do we have a special relationship with Ajax that the fans don't know about? No. So we just go and um, we just go we, and grab their players whenever we feel like it. We certainly <laughs> don't. <laughs> a big, big grab. We we might have a special relationship with them that we don't know about. We certainly don't have a special relationship with Real Madrid that is apparently yeah. official, but right. I don't see what we've had out of them. Um, so uh, Sanchez is one of those. Perhaps um, Barkley, perhaps the other. Was it Papadiap? Linked. Yeah, yeah. Papadop. I've I've not seen him. I've not heard of him. Marshall. Marshall. I'd love to have Marshall. I mean, to be fair, oh, I'd love to have him at Spurs. And he didn't seem overly enamoured when he scored the goal for United tonight. He he seemed to be quite subdued in his celebrations. So. I don't know. I can't see. I personally cannot see United selling him to us. No, I can't. And if they did, it would be a ridiculous amount of money. I mean, bearing in mind, we didn't want to pay allegedly what um, uh, uh, Monaco were valuing him um, at the time. Um, well, I, oh, I think I think we were willing to pay sort of in the region of about twenty five, thirty million, and then didn't United come in and say, "Oh, we'll pay fifty five for him"? Uh, and it was like, "Well, oh, oh, see you later. <laughs> we'll, we'll have it." Um, I suspect if there's any other that we're going to sign, perhaps a goalkeeper, because um, what's his name? Hasn't gone. Paulo Lopez. Um, that doesn't look like that deal's going to go through. Um, oh, are we not getting Gazaniga then? Uh, yeah, somebody like that. Um, Southampton. Um, Point that, if I'm honest, I'd rather you've got a guy, young guy called Alfie Whiteman who looks quite promising. There's another. Trek Glover looks quite promising good name as well for a goalkeeper um, mm-hmm. Gazaniga for me it's not it doesn't add anything I don't think he's even particularly good to be honest but well Poch played with him at Southampton so there must be something right. there okay another name that we've been linked with um, Senegalese International who plays for Lazio um, oh Berdikita yeah or Kita Balda Kita Kita Balda Diaw yeah bloody hell um, right, player, but there's a few in for him. Yeah, I think ourselves and the um, the Pikes. Um, well, I think as well. We should see. I mean, there's what another two, three weeks left um, of the window. Three weeks. Yeah, twenty-one days. Is it twenty-one days? Yeah. Okay, final question. Uh, so this is a reoccurring question on the podcast. Bex, um, you and I answered it last week. Um, one for you then, Jess. Um, question from John Steggles. You're on a desert island. Who from the current squad do you vote as leader? And if it all goes Lord of the Flies, who do you eat first? Jesus. Um, well, as a leader, see, I really like Eric Dyer. I think he's got a little bit about him in the way he goes about his business. He's not he's not slow in coming forward. That's for who do you eat first? Well, Wanyama, because I'll tell you what, you, you can feed a few of them. <laughs> legs, imagine that. I mean, that, they put your chicken wings to to, to shame, didn't they? One of them thighs. You yeah. didn't need a full fix to you lift it. It's quite, it's quite meaty. Um... <laughs> he's got something on him, isn't he? 
Right, okay. Um, the next podcast we will be recording next Sunday, Sunday evening, after I get back from Wembley. Um, Jess, thank you. Thank you. Bex, thank you as ever. Thank you very much. And until next week, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. So bloody slow, you are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. Why our lane has seen its pain, it's at its low tonight. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow, you are the first team. Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go, the names up on our shirt. Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.